the back corner <laughs> when I'm not presenting. Listening in. And listen in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bash University Live here on Tuesday night. Take a quick break. Watch John Cruz's on the Tokyo rig. Be a part of the show. Get some chances to win some awesome prizes. Bash, you go. You know, we didn't have that back then. And, 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 dude, it, it could just... That text thread gives me so much energy. I mean, like I'm dialing. messages get get forwarded from Riz's point over to Jocelyn who kicks GDP who elbows me and says hey we're live and uh we we are live so uh good to have you guys with us Bash University live really uh cool stuff happening today as I hear some audio stuff going on I don't know if you guys can hear that or not but uh we have Lee Livesey the champ that is going to be on we just he just keeps winning. He just he won a week ago, well, 2 weeks ago maybe. And he just won at Lake Fork and he just keeps winning. He's win, winning at an alarming rate. Uh really setting records at his pace on how he's getting this done and he's doing it in a way that man, it's been a while since since I remember seeing wins like this where typically it's a hard charging, pattern jumping, moving grinding you know fast paced to just you know out thinking the fish outsmarting them waiting them out in cases different kind of wins it's really cool different kind of style and uh, we love him here at bash U. he's one of our favorite instructors and he is going to be with us uh real soon as well as we've got a great guest coming on tom lang from texas parks and wildlife Texas Parks and Wildlife. Uh, man, what great things they're doing down there with the Lunker Share program. They're growing giant bass in Texas along with everything else. Uh, doing some great stuff with radio tracking on Lake Fork. I can't wait to learn more about that. If you're like me, uh, you know, I'm fascinated with how fish move. I, you know, especially in the bodies of water that, that where I live, I, I, I don't know where the heck they are in February and March, man. They're like all of a sudden they appear in April. And uh, they spend their early seasons just, man, I, I wish I, I wish I could do some radio tracking in all these places around here, everywhere we go. So I'm really excited to, to have Tom Lang on the show. So uh, both great guests. So glad you guys are with us here for Bash University Live. And we've got, we've got a full house tonight. Yeah, last week we had just a few. But I've got GDP in the house, fresh off a, a nice performance down there in Texas. Man, it's good to have you here. It's good to be here. It was uh, it was a lot of fun down there. A lot of big yeah. bass. 
It's unbelievable. It really is. 20 pounds, 20 pounds, 20 pounds. It was like you had to have 25 pounds to really make a splash, it seemed. Yeah, it's crazy because I, I can't explain to you guys how much pressure that place gets, and it still right. puts out. You know, like you said, Texas Wildlife and, and Parks, they really do a good job at managing that place. Yeah, you had a solid, like, 20-pound uh, bags, like, what, 22, 23? I had 23 and 21. Yep. 23 and 21. Yep. Solid, man. Yep. That's a great – that would win in most places. It would, yeah. You know, you'd be leading for sure. Yeah, but not on that place. <laughs> yeah. Well, we want to talk to you how your tournament went because I know there was a little bit of controversy going on. It's uh, and it and I, I'm I'm interested to talk about that because, like I told you when you came in here today, you scored those heavy weights off your backup water. I did. Well, one of them, yes. Yeah. Yep. Because you know people don't think about that. Like it's not just enough to find the fish, identify the pattern, but you uh, you got to be able to go to your backup stuff, so yeah, and and be successful because you're going to have to go to it. There's going to be GDP is going to be on spot A. Yep. This guy's going, Ike's going to be over there, and you got to be able to continue to be successful. And uh, and we're gonna. It looks like we've got Lee ready, but I I'm, I just want to say hi. We got Jocelyn in the house with us. Hi. Again, hi, Joss. <laughs> She's going to be helping us with all our prizes. What do we have to give away? We have a couple things. We have some uh, Rapala products, VMC products, some TH Marine. We have the G Juice, the Coaling System, um, a prop, I think it's called. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a prop nut. Prop nut. Yeah, damper. <laughs> it dampers the noise, vibration, hmm. makes, your, makes your motor more efficient. Okay, that, that's different. Yeah. Um, we also have some rod sleeves. Um, so like and share the Facebook feed to be entered. And we also have a grand prize. So keep an eye out for that. Awesome. Uh, yep, Facebook, oh, yeah. like and share. If you're over there on Facebook watching, like it, share it. And you're going to be entered into a prize for that and a great, uh, cool trivia question or some kind of question, probably based on the content of this show. And uh, that's right. I, and and we, you got to be a member of Bashu to get that grand prize. Absolutely. Right? So absolutely. And it's sign up. never a better time to sign up over Bashu.tv. We'll give you a Bash University hat. Uh, we'll give you if you sign up annually, we've got a really cool gift pack with a with a tackle shopping spree and a face shield and a Bashu hat. That's all going on. And we haven't had them for a couple weeks and we're glad to have them back with us. Uh, Alex, full size Alex is with us today. It's good to have you with us again, buddy. With it. Hey, but I'm excited to hear from Lee and get this show on the road. Outstanding. Well, we've got Lee Livesey on, and uh, man, oh, man, dude, we, we I think this is just going to be a weekly thing, right? You're just going to be part <laughs> of the Bash University show holding up trophies every week, man. It's pretty amazing. Congratulations. Thank you, man. I appreciate y'all having me on again. I think it's a it's a good thing. You know, we're gonna roll this baby train as long as we can. Might have to have another one if it ever stops. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you got plenty of time to do that. I mean, it's just uh, you're. I I could see the pride in you when you had your whole family there. You're so proud of your your little girl, and uh, that had to be a thrill to have the whole. Man, the whole Livesey family and friends all all seeing you win this derby. That I can't imagine how special that was. Yeah, it's 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 insane to be honest, you know. And a lot of it's just friends and sponsors, and it's not all local people. People are flying in from all over the place and driving in from all kinds of states just to be there and and feel that 
you know, that, that feeling that we might win and we won again. So it makes it even better. You know, I want to, I want to win for them, you know, whether it's friends or family or sponsors or, or anybody there that support me more than I do for myself. It's, it's crazy that we got another one. It, it really is. And, and, um, you know, I think, I think, uh, I have to make an announcement that I, I guess I got to switch to Bush light. Oh yeah. You should have done that a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think now's the time. I think everybody is and, and you're winning with the friends and family behind you and sponsors and, Man, you, it's uh, it's amazing how you you make it look easily. You you never seem to be under the gun, frazzled. How do you how are you pulling that off? It's amazing. It's damn sure not easy. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, <laughs> it's always a struggle with me, and it ain't ever pretty. That's what I tell Jake all the time. You know, it's always something or somebody on something, and and Greg knows how it is. It just God, it's always just a struggle, and I don't know how I made that one work. You know, I caught most of those fish the second and th- or the third and fourth day where I'd never even fished before in my life on that lake, mm. and just and I worked hard. You know, I thought I was going to catch them on all these other spots in my mind that are great and I have history on. I didn't catch anything on any of that stuff. You know, it was it was a weird weird week on where I caught my fish and what went down compared to what I thought would. You know, and it, it happened again. I, I feel like I struggled so much, but then I won by whatever it was. I don't even know what, it wasn't even close. So it was just a weird, a weird feeling tournament for me as far as how it went down for me and how it ended up working out for me. So I, I'm blessed is all I can say, you know, stuff's going right, you know? Yeah. Blessed, gifted, really. Uh, I, the, one of the things that I noticed and, is how you I talked about your composure a little bit, but man, you 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 weren't getting bit out of the gate on day three and day four. You were sitting on nothing for a long time. And uh you know, I looked at those standings and everybody jumped you, you know, but here here you come. You just kept your head together. And even when you were on live, it didn't seem like you were frazzled even a little bit, but you had to be churning inside. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm really confident on Fork as far as finding a new group of fish each day. And I got to look each day. You know, I had those two bags the first two days before 9 or 10 o'clock. Right. Pretty much. Pretty much, you know, I might have caught one or something. I don't think I did, though. Uh, And I never found anything new. And even though I looked, and even the third day, I caught them fairly early, you know, before 10, 30 or 11. And uh, and I drove for literally two and a half hours (laughs) graphing great areas uh the third day and never stopped like i never found a group of fish and i just was like golly you know and i went and caught that eight pounder on a spot that's the only fish i caught off of it all week and then I, that kind of you know it was uh, a good thing and a bad thing you know looking at that much stuff and seeing all these schools that i'd had disappear mm. you know whether because of the moon phase or because of our guys on them and stuff it was it let me know that hey man you got to you got a little sweet spot over there. You're going to have to juice it for everything you can get. And it just ended up being enough in there. I, I have no history on that spot. I don't know what gets there. I don't know how many get there. I don't know if they leave. I don't know if some local guy fishes it, you know, every Friday or Saturday or whatever. So it was just kind of a, a weird feeling. And that, that spot saved my butt the last two days for sure. 
Man, it, hey, Greg, how many times have you had, like, hours during the tournament to go try to locate new schools of fish? I actually did day one. Did you really? Yeah, after I caught my bag, I kind of stayed around the general area. Yeah. And then from there, I decided to go. I already I found three schools in, in practice, um, but all three of them schools were completely uh, blown out by the time I got around back to them. So I just idled, idled for, like, two hours on day one looking for new schools. Wow. Yeah. Because I, I, I know on that lake, same deal. You find it, dude, you can get right in a hurry. What, so you guys were – how you're using side imaging, right? That's right. what you're doing uh, to find these schools. And uh, d just describe that process, Lee. What, what are you doing? What are you looking for? Yeah, I'm using uh, Hummingbird mega side imaging and down imaging uh, with my Lake Master mapping, obviously, mm -hmm. is, is a huge thing. And, and looking at everything, you know, uh, anything from channel swings to – rim beds to road beds to points to humps to you know edges of timber hard spots shale beds pond dams looking at all that just you know in different times of day different depths you know just big elongated points on fork or with timber are really good you know and just having that mega imaging to see them in that timber is huge for me what what i mean we'd love to see images right now but describe that what do you see in like when you're looking at a piece of timber and you see the fish or looking at a point and how do you, what, what does that look like on the mega side imaging and, and mega live? Uh, those good schools of bass look like, uh, you know, small little tic tacs, uh, you know, little yeah. white spots on, you know, whatever palette you're running and, and the shadows, you know, you see your shadows a bunch and down imaging just little, little markers, marker dots are good. But, you know, I was finding them with that, but then the biggest, biggest key for me was, uh, Running my, I actually caught most of my fish off of Mega 360. You know, I was, I was fishing a lot of timber holes or even the points where I was catching them in the morning cranking. You know, the wind blew real hard the first two days. So I was spot locking with that old tricks and fishing out of the back of the boat a bunch, making a long cast cranking. And then when I was fishing that timber hole, I was spot locking so I could make an exact cast in that timber to get them out if I hooked them the best. And I, and I still, you know, got some hung up and everything, but, you know, having that old tricks to spot lock, but, the key for me fishing those fish was having that hummingbird mega 360 and I was, and Polnick did the same thing. I'm, I haven't talked to Greg uh, yet, but he was probably doing some of it too. I saw one of the spots he was fishing one of my brim beds kind of by the road bed, but <laughs> that was a good spot. having that 360 when I'm sitting still is the deal. Cause those fish are constantly moving around these spots. They're just swimming around. They'll go to this tree and then they'll feed out on the hard spot. And then they'll go to this tree. When I'm sitting still, I just sit there and I look, I'll fish, don't get me wrong, but then I'll look at my 360 and when it pans around, you know, they might be, you know, 20 yards to the right or 20 feet this way or whatever, and I'd throw over there and catch one or two of them, and then they'd move around a little bit, they'd set up, and that 360 was huge for me this week, and I thought, you know, Polinick was doing the same thing, we talked, and he said the same thing, man, the spin of spot lock with his old tricks and use his hummingbird, mega 360 was huge this week. 360 for me was everything. They it, show up as dots on the 360 just like they would yeah. side imaging. So, yeah. So, yeah. Like little out there. Yeah, you'll get the both, too. Or you get a lot of shadows. You see a lot of shadows, too, sometimes. Because, you know, right. in the timber, for me, uh, in practice, I was flipping down a, a tree line, basically. And I saw there was a little point that stuck out underneath the water also there. And as I got up to it, I looked down at my 360, and I saw them all sitting there. And I was like, oh, my. Huh. You know, there was a lot, obviously. Wow. Um but yeah, 360 was key. What what uh, color palettes are you guys running? I mean, it depends. I, I think you can run a lot of different ones. It's it's more or less. I'm running blue. Like, yeah, I'm I don't. Blue. I I blue. use blue for side imaging more than anything. 
Um, but All I right. run more of the browns for 360. Now, how about um, changing your palettes, like based on, like if, if it's more sunny or overcast, do you guys mess with that at all, or do you just keep it consistent? You can. I run blue on everything. I don't like that bright orange when everybody runs. Yeah, so uh, here's the thing for me, Lee. So, like, for me, with side imaging with the blue, I try to stay on the blue as long as I can because I believe the fish pop a lot better with the sensitivity cranked up. Um, now, as far as 360 for me when it's real bright and sunny, I kind of steer away from the blue a little bit because it's all personal preference. I like to have them more amber colors that are a little bit brighter as far as cranking them up. Um, but, obviously, what he does works good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. And one little tip for everybody out there, just because we're talking about it right now, is, you know, depending on if I was spot locked above the school or below the school, you know, instead of having just a 360 image and, you know, I'd put front or rear so you can cut that 360 in half and have half your screen, your 360, if you're looking just forward or vice versa, looking backwards, you know, so keep that in mind. You don't just have to have just a circle. You can cut it in half and make it enlarge and have just the top screen looking forward or reverse. I would do that depending on which way I spotlight. Yeah, I, I, and I noticed with uh, uh, you and other guys, and I, I was curious about this, you, the wind was hammering, yeah. <laughs> and you guys were – you were spot-locking, and it, and you were running to the back of the boat as uh, – was that a strat – why were you setting up like that? Like, in other words, like, maybe you might think – or I might think, well, wouldn't it be better to get – like, throw into the wind and – you know, approach the spot from that way, uh, or but obviously, man, you guys were were killing it by being upwind and throwing with the wind on your back. I, why why were you setting up that way? Every spot's a little different, you know. There's two two main things that contribute to spot locking above, and that's like when I was cranking, I wanted to throw further, so I was throwing with the wind. You know, that's why, you know, if I was just throwing a jig into the wind, it wouldn't be bad. But cranking, it's harder to throw into the wind. You want a really long cast when you're yeah. cranking. I'd spot lock above so I could throw with the wind. And then the second thing for me right. is just Makes sense. timber, you know, having the right angle in the timber to, you know, get them out. You know, I, I lost a couple of fish in the timber, and it's just I always try to get the best angle to get them out that I can no matter what I'm throwing. I saw you catch a couple good ones out of the timber that I that I think everybody watched. Was like, "There's no way that 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 fish is gone," but you kept coming up with them. Yeah, I had a couple of miracle catches that <laughs> day. I think that were just crazy, but I, I lost some too. You know, it's it's a fifty fifty battle, and I, I shouldn't have got those two out. I have no idea how my line didn't break. Big shout out to Sunline. Like I tried to break it, uh, and I'm talking about twelve pound test. It was you can kind of. As an angler, you can feel when your line's about to break. And both times it was maxed out, like it breaking and it would break the limb loose and float up. It was it was kind of crazy. I was it was awesome, awesome to watch. But you you mentioned something, and I I don't know if there's more to it or not. What's a, a, a you talked about a timber hole? Is that a, a, literally like a hole that the, the the timber grows in, or just a what 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 is that? No, that's just a a Lee Livesey term. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, we have a lot of spots that are just out in the open, little hard spots on a point that just might have a tree or two on them, and then or a road bed's wide open. There's not a lot of timber on it like that or anything like that. And then some spots will get on a spot in the timber where there's a lot of trees around it, you know, and and the fish are really hard to get out, really hard to see on side imaging and. And down scan are really hard to graph and find, and that's what I'm calling a timber hole. 
I got you. Yeah. Well, well, the um, guys watching, appreciate you guys being with us. If you're watching over on Facebook, don't forget to like and share us. We've got a really cool contest where we're giving away uh, some great TH Marine stuff. And, and uh, get your questions through on the IM board for Lee. And I, I want to throw it over to Alex right now. Uh, I'm sure you've got some uh, questions for Lee over there, Alex. Um, do we got your audio in? I think we do. Pete. We do have a lot of good questions coming in on both sides of the message board here. We appreciate everyone tuning in this morning. And the first question we're going to go to is from Blake Bailey. And what Blake wants to know is, Lee, at what point in the tournament did it really hit you that you were going to win this one? Uh, not until I caught that 8-3 at the end of the day, the final day. And it wasn't just me catching that. <clears throat> so late, I didn't catch anything all day. I got Brandon Polinick, Gerald Swindle right behind me. It's late for, you know, everybody saw you can catch a 40-pound bag on the final day or any any day there. So I'm thinking, you know, I got to catch 30-plus just like everybody was. I ain't got much late in the day. I got – and I still had, you know, 20 pounds or whatever it was. But, I, I mean, and I got – 20 boats following me and this wasn't me getting information or anything but at some point in time i could hear just out in the crowd somebody i'd caught a five pounder and somebody said no he's still got a four pound lead and in my head i'm like oh man paulin's got a four pound lead on me still and i just caught a five pounder you know <laughs> and uh so i was scared that i wasn't there and i could feel the tensions with everybody it was good uh tensions but when i caught that eight three at like 245 we did the whole weighed it released it and jake latondris put his camera down and came and gave me a bear hug on the front deck of my boat that that's the only time <laughs> i knew i had it in the bag right nice. there because jake never puts his camera down when he came up there and gave me a hug <laughs> I, I, awesome. I was done that's all that's yeah. awesome that's like the that's like part of the winner's mentality though what he just tapped into like he Lee was actually up by four pounds, but when he heard just four pounds by anybody in the crowd, immediately he's thinking, "I don't have enough. I need, I need yeah. another one. I need another big one." It's like it's that enough is never enough kind of mentality, you know. Oh, like it way. doesn't matter. If you, like he won this tournament by, by twelve pounds, you know, but like he didn't think he was gonna yeah. win by twelve pounds, even even on the final day. It's like you just got to keep hammering down. Yeah. That, I think that's honestly it's a it's a, a pitfall that you can run into, Lee. I, guys can relax like when you're having a good day. Yeah, you can't can, relax. You can relax like or guys have a tendency to relax. Like I got 20 pounds. I'm you know I'm I I'm probably gonna win or I could win this tournament on a normal lake, not Lake Fork, of course. But uh, <laughs> the uh, I think guys can can tend to relax and it costs them by doing that but when you get it when you start getting them like that you got to put you're you're awesome at it we saw it happen but man you got to put the hammer down once things start rolling your way oh there's no doubt i mean i want to i want everybody to get second place or last <laughs> place, whatever they want you know i tell people that all the time you know me and greg and me and polinick and me and swindle and caleb my roommate and everybody I want to put my foot on your throat and show you. <laughs> and I'll cook you a steak and drink a beer with you at the house and be best friends with you. But yeah. I'm a competitor. I don't. My worst fear is getting second place in bass tournament, and uh, it's uh, a weird feeling when you win one. You want to win another one really bad. Trust me. 
All right, I want to I want to tap into that a little bit because you on the water you're clearly like one of the hardest competitors there is. You want to win every tournament you get into, but one of the things that I've noticed Lee is how and and you may be wound up inside, but you don't show it. But like off the water, when the tournament's over or in between days, like you're you're as cool as they come. You know what I mean? You're at your home lake on a Friday. You got 900 people there. There's 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 7,000 crawfish. Like, and your your boat's not plugged in. You're not you know worried about nothing. Your dog's running around. Your baby's there. Your wife's there. You're just hanging out, having a good time. But then, how do you switch that gear in the morning to like to get to get back into like locked in mode, or or is it you're just kind of even keeled across the board? What is it? No, that's just my personality, man. I'm not. I'm a people person off the water, uh, like I said, and I always have a good time. You know, I'm going to drink much bush light every night. I'm not going to change anything up just because I'm fishing a tournament, you know, and uh, had a good time, had a good crawfish bowl. You got to come up. You ate like 40 pounds of crawfish. You owe me like $1,000 now. Uh, <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you ain't kidding, man. That, those... you know, I, I know when to, you know, it's the same thing with football. You know, I was, you know, you have guys like, you have guys that show up on game day, put it that way, compared to practice. And then yep. it's, you know, I'm always going to have my stuff right at the end of the day before I start. You know, Caleb will freak out when I'm not retying knots or, you know, like at Ross Barnett and Avenue Lizards. I had to borrow three, borrow some lizards from Brock. He gave me three lizards. So I was going out on the final day with three lizards <laughs> and stuff like that, you know. Oh, yeah. And it, it drives Caleb crazy, but me, you know, we, we just make it work however it ends up working out. Uh, you got a knack for it. And uh, I just want to give a shout out. To our man BTC, who's in the house with us tonight, we didn't expect to have you today. It's good, good that you're with us. Glad he's waking up. We're not, we're not sure which microphone he's going to be we're on. We're not sure which mic he's on. I think I got him. One two, one two. Nope. Maybe. Well. Good to see you. Yeah. yeah. Good to see you too, BTC. <laughs> we'll, we'll get you. We're going to get him mic'd up because you know we love having, uh, of course, BTC in the house. And I want to talk about, and I'm going to throw it back to Alex for another question soon, but the, uh, uh, your style that you're winning with is one that, man, maybe, maybe we haven't seen for a long time. You did it with, uh, with your Raptors down in the last derby, and you did it with spot lock this time, locking you down. You're, it's, you have this amazing ability to – maybe be able to predict or weight fish out or, str or be able to win this way, you know, letting fish come to you. Uh, and you hear, we talked about it just two weeks ago and here you, you did it all over again, even better this time. But it's, uh, it, it's, it's interesting to me that you're taking this new style, this new seems like an old school strategy, but you're winning with it now. Yeah, and this one might look like that more than anything, but I've ran around a lot, you know. Uh, I'm, <laughs> there's a lot of people that follow me that probably didn't have enough gas or, or broke something, you know. I, <laughs> I looked at a bunch of stuff, and I tried to jump around a lot this tournament. It just was one that ended up being where I caught them off, you know, five or six main spots throughout the tournament, or maybe not even that many, really. Yeah, four or five spots. So it's, uh, you know, Fork is kind of known for – you know, you can sit on a good school of fish at Fork and catch them for sure when you, when you find them. But but I definitely looked for a bunch of them. It just didn't work out like that this time. Is You think that style comes from your years of guiding? Like, 
All right. One, because I've been there. I, I do it too. You know, here on the Chesapeake, and uh, once you get on a school of fish, man, you you drop you drop them poles down, and uh, and you 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 fish them out for a while. Do you think that influences your tournament fishing? Uh, I think I just uh, have a little of that Kelly Jordan aspect to it. You know, I'm gonna hunt for the bigger ones, a little Greg Hackney maybe. Uh, those guys that'll they'll go grind for just you know four or five six bites and they'll be fine coming in with four for right. seventeen if if they get four bites they got four you know I I'll I have that confidence I try to have the confidence you know to to only fish for the right size fish if that makes sense you know like at Ross Barnett so to speak is a good example you know fork the big ones just everywhere but uh, Ross Barnett you can go up to the bank and flip reeds and frog reeds and fish in the middle and you can get a bunch of or a lot more bites I should say but you know I was confident that the biggest fish were on that outside edge where I was fishing even though I might not get as many bites and I just you know had the confidence and waited them out out there is kind of what I would compare it to for sure and and fork will teach you that because of you know the size of fish that get on certain little areas and certain little spots for sure what what were they doing uh, was it the shad spawn was kind of over? Were they? What were the? What were those fish doing out there that you were catching? No, there, there was still a really good shad spawn, and a lot of guys caught them on the shad spawn. And uh, I fished a little bit, of, a little bit of that. I even went fourth day. I actually caught a couple of small keepers on some stuff like that. But I just didn't feel like the uh, the biggest fish in the lake were using the shad spawn anymore. I felt like there was a lot of small ones in the shad spawns and you might catch a big one. Don't get me wrong, but the stuff that I thought was going to win was a little bit offshore, whether it was that stuff I was cranking in the morning that, you know, seven to 10 foot of water or that deeper, you know, stuff out in the afternoon that I was fishing. You know, I thought that was where the biggest fish in the lake were going to be. Are, are they chasing them yellow bass or what are those fish? Uh, a little bit of everything, you know, you had fish on those, the deepest brim beds you could find had big yeah. fish on eating brim. Uh, I fished a little bit of that. Then I had just like your deep schools are eating shad and those fish in that timber hole where I caught them the third and fourth day, they were eating just big gizzard shad, eight, nine inches long. They spit up a couple of those. And uh, where I caught the eight, six or whatever it was the third day, that was a school of white bass. I looked all that day and I found one group of white bass the second afternoon and didn't catch anything out of them. I didn't even catch any whites. I went back to him that third afternoon and uh, picked up a flutter spoon and caught like three whites in a row and got them fired up down there. And I threw a jig in there and caught that eight, whatever it was, that very first cast with the jig once I got those whites fired up. So th those fish were eating yellow bass and white bass on that spot. So you had a little bit of everything going on. You could catch them on the shad spawn on the banks, throwing a top water. I think Shane top 10 doing some of that and some other guys did too. And uh, a little bit of everything you could, catch them doing anything at fork this time around so getting the white bass fired up was part of the part of the deal like you were intentionally yeah. just like you almost weren't fishing for the for the bass you were just trying to get the whiteies going oh it's just like a feeding frenzy with sharks or piranhas or anything else you know you hook two or three whites and get everything kind of moving around and those those bigger bass that are smart you know they kind of get dumb for a minute and as soon as i caught those whites i threw a jig in there and hopped it and she ate it first cast very nice. That's that's getting those schools active. And I know we got a lot of people watching over on Bashy.tv and all over the social channels. So, Alex, let me throw it to you. Ask Lee a question from one of our guys. 
Absolutely. This question comes in from Eric Nelson. And Lee, he wants you to talk about the couple of fish you had to pull out of the trees. And I'd like to add to that, you know, could you talk about those fish and then also give us some tips and tricks on how to get them out of the trees once you get them down in there? Yeah. Uh, first of all, big shout out to Sunline, you know. That was, I can't believe my line didn't break on the two that you saw on video. I mean, it was maxed out. I'm talking about 12 pound sniper and maybe one of them was on a, a 14 cranking too, but just, just being patient, you know, uh, you know, I was having to be real finessey with them because I had them on a crankbait and you obviously have six hooks out, you know, six hooks on the bait. And usually there's a couple of them outside and those hooks will get stuck in the tree that's when those fish rip it out of their face, you know, when the, when the other treble gets in it. So I, you know, there's no rhyme or reason. It's nothing, nothing great. Just being patient, you know, going up there and giving them some lines, see if they'll swim out the other side or putting enough pressure on them to see if they'll pull out this side and knowing when to not pull too hard. And, you know, you saw me get down there and try to go in and out of the branches, but that's always just a, a luck deal on that but, you know the key for those two is being patient you know a couple of those i think that one was like a six minute ordeal the clip was <laughs> you know? and uh the other one was pretty close to just being patient and feeling those fish you know seeing if they're still on there even though you know that one that first one it was dead weight after a minute i thought that fish was gone when i tried to break it off and she stayed on but all you can have is the best line you can have being patient and uh you know pulling and giving and taking as much as you think you can to uh, to not break your line and just hoping they come out like i said i lost a couple in the timber too breaking them off it was it's usually a 50 50 deal i just got lucky on those two that you saw and got them out yeah one looked like you had fishing line uh that second one that i got to see and i'm like yeah. man, that's always you always lose that you know you're gonna that's braided line or something bad but that went your way yeah, it's it's always something that ain't ever pretty. <laughs> but uh, BTC, are you with us now? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, yes, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the studio. Man. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, it's good. It's good to ha good to have you here. I know you and Lee have uh, shared a few uh, drinks over the years. Yeah, we we've broken bread. I know. You didn't get to. You weren't there for this one. That would have been fun. It would have been. Yeah. I, I ate your crawfish for you, Bri. Thank you, Richard. Yep. Appreciate you looking out. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, BTC uh, Lee just had a, a strong second place finish in uh, the the what? Uh, what? Slay Nation. Slay Nation. Yep. yep. Slay Nation. That was awesome. Yeah. 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 It was, Congrats. It was good times. Yeah. Uh, right. yeah. Fishing with one arm, <laughs> tied behind my back. <laughs> that's right i had secret weapon power bait paul on, on my <laughs> on my side so we were good well that was a great finish congrats to you and power bait paul with a, with a, with a strong finish and uh it's good to have you here in studio oh friend. thank you and uh, I, I did like leah turn my electronics off there for a while when we were yeah. you know certain areas and just trying there to be more like lee you know what i mean it's healthy always looking for humps out there <laughs> yeah, <you are. laughs> scanning for humps we're, we're all getting stealthy, courtesy of you, Lee. So uh, you're, you're inspiring us all. I know, you know the the one thing that's really cool about this one is you told you you have the classic in your in your back pocket after your last win. And uh, how did that? How do you think that affected you this week? Did, were you more relaxed than you would have been otherwise because you already had that deal done? 
Oh yeah. There's no doubt about that. Like <laughs> 180 degrees, you know, turn around the other way, you know, that's, yeah. that's everything as far as confidence and, and being able to, uh, my beer guy keeps calling when the beer guy calls, I usually answer. So it's weird not answering when my beer guy calls. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it was huge. You know, it let me go look at, uh, spots I never fished before. It let me call Greg and say, Hey man, are you good? Do you need anything? And he said, no, I'm good. Not that anything I would have gave him would have helped. There was no fish on any of it, the stuff mm. that I would have gave him, but you know, it, it let me feel like I was being helpful and, uh, you know, stuff like that. It let me drink a couple extra bush lights and, <laughs> and, and what, whatnot. And it just, it definitely lets you fish freer. And it was, uh, it was huge. I mean, I'm sure it was, you don't realize it, but I'm sure it definitely helped me, uh, look around some and, and figure some stuff out, you know, even finding, looking all those hours and not finding anything helped just as much as finding something, you know? It, it told me, hey, don't be messing around when it gets crunch time on that final day. Get over there and catch fish where you know fish are. Leah, do you remember after I talked to you, after Ross Barnett, what I asked you? Uh, no. I don't remember. I asked him, I said, Leah, are you going to win them all? He says, no, oh, no, I'm not going to win them all. And then he goes and wins this one too. Back-to-back. <laughs> <laughs> to back. And we're going to have a really cool trivia question courtesy of Ken Duke because uh, we're not – I don't even know if you know this, but we're not going to give it – give it up but uh you you've uh there's been some records getting broken by what you're doing out there on the uh, professional tournament world uh least pretty impressive you're winning at a really really uh alarming pace and uh so that being said uh we'll be talking to you after pickwick <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I was gonna be nice i was gonna wait till the mississippi river but i'll start to pick Pickwick, if we need to. <laughs> I was going to say, we got Jocelyn here. Everybody's here. We can schedule you right now. You know, you just got to get that another blue trophy for us. That's the easy what part. I, what, I, yeah. what I told Riz, I said, I think I need to get on the payroll. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, you keep winning at the rate you are. We're going to need to be on your payroll. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, love it. Hey, we're going we're gonna to have the guys from Texas Parks and Wildlife on uh, here in just a minute. Uh, the Lunker Share program is amazing. What's going on at Fork is amazing. Uh, what do, do you have any comments or any questions that we might throw their way? Or uh, yeah. they're doing such an amazing job in Texas down there. Lee, how do you get them to, to tell you where they put the Lunkers at? <laughs> <laughs> they put them in a lot of uh, a lot of lakes, but they put them in there when they're really small. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the uh, we're I'm looking forward to. It. Have you studied their tracking? What they're doing with the radio tracking on Fork? Have you had a chance to look at any of that stuff? Uh, some of the stuff they did a long time ago, I, I kept up with it. I have not uh, recently uh, viewed any of this stuff. Now I got into the whole, and it wasn't even them. It was I'm a. a big fan of watching how fish over seven pounds like the really big mature fish always go back to the same area where they're from yeah no matter what you can take 20 miles away and they'll swim back to the same exact tree you got them on almost almost every single time especially the fish that are like 13 or 14 pounds if you catch them on a tree and eight foot of water in wolf creek then you go let it go at the on the other side of lake fork that fish will swim back to that same tree and every time they go out there and and uh track that fish it's on that same tree the only time they leave that tree is to go feed usually at night 
they'll go up shallower and feed. And when they spawn, obviously, besides that, they're homebodies. I'm talking about those real true giants. That's what I find intriguing. Wow. wow. That's really neat. That is cool. It yeah. is that is intriguing. I can't wait to learn more about the study they're doing. They're doing another one now. They're going to publish it, and uh, we'll all be able to take a look. And they're they're featuring Lake Fork and uh, and man, I just congratulations again. Thanks so much for carving out a few minutes for Bash U, and we will get you on the payroll. We are getting <laughs> you at the Bash University seminars this spring. Uh, it was great we having you out in the on on the water uh, not too long ago. But we've got another series of Bash University classroom seminars that are coming up real soon, and we'll make sure uh, to reach out. Hopefully, you can find a few minutes for us, Lee. Oh, for sure. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Congratulations Ooh. again, the champ, great Lee Livesey. Thank the you, man. The people's champ. The people's champ. I like that. I like that. What a what an amazing deal. Two wins in three weeks, and. Uh, Jeez, it just keeps coming and coming. Pretty special. How do you get a little piece of that? Maybe you need to go and like <laughs> rub on them a little bit. Carve out more. some of the rub rail or cut something. His, <laughs> cut his finger off. Yeah. Put it in my boat. I want. I think I, yeah. Crawfish and bush light. There it is. Is that what it is? <laughs> I guess oh, so. We got. I, I, if I get. I mean, hey, we're, you're always rubbing crawfish scents on your baits, right? Yeah. What's better than just having it on your hands? The real thing. Sure that. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. Sure. They, they love those. I, I mean, if I get next to Lee Livesey, I'm doing something. I'm getting rods. I'm rubbing them on them, getting some mojo off of that. You're rubbing your rod on them? I am. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard it here first, folks. Uh, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> but, uh, hey, guys, we're, 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 we're broadcasting from Tackle Direct Studios. Appreciate you guys being here with us. And, if you're shopping for a bass boat, I want to invite you guys to go check out BassBoatForSale.com. Whether you're looking for a new boat, a used boat, they're just the best products out there. The products that you're going to find over there are going to get you on the water and get you ready to fish. If you want to sell your boat, that's the place to go. BassBoatForSale.com. Go check it out. We are going to take a quick break, and we are going to come back. We're going to be talking about giant Texas bass. We're going to be learning about radio tracking and a lot of other great stuff with Texas parks and wildlife. We'll be uh, we'll be right back in just a couple minutes. Why bass boats for sale? Our mission is to be the premier bass boat outlet for listings and buyers. We believe if customers can't find it, it doesn't exist. Whether you need to sell your bass boat or are looking to buy a bass boat, it's simple. We give boats exposure so buyers shop and sellers list. BassBoatForSale.com technology.
find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That they're made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out during a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hooks that boom goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together, the One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count.